Welcome to the Freedom Nation podcast with Jeff Kickle. On this show, Jeff shares his expertise in financial and retirement planning from a different perspective. Planning for your Freedom Day, which is the first day that you wake up and have enough income or assets and do not have to go to work that day. Learn how to calculate what you need, how to generate income sources, and listen to interviews from others who've done it themselves. Get ready to experience your own Freedom Day. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Freedom Nation podcast, and I am back. We uh, took a week off for uh, a little trip over to London and nice. enjoying our Freedom Day. Um, this is probably the first actual seven-day vacation that I've been able to take in almost seven years, so we'll call this one the seven and seven. Uh, today, I've got a great interview uh, with Mr. Ken Stearns, and Ken is uh, today in uh, Atlanta or in Georgia. And we're going to talk a little bit about his journey. And he has got a freedom story for us um, with his podcast and what he's doing. But Ken, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you on. It was fun having our little pre-conversation. So I'm looking forward to uh, really sharing that story with everybody. Uh, before we Thank kick you. off, why don't we, uh, or as we kick off, why don't you tell us a little bit about your story? How did you get to where you're at today? Yeah, thanks, Jeff. So I, I've got kind of probably a pretty untraditional, but also kind of traditional kind of corporate story. I think it's got a bit of both, a bit of mm -hmm. both. You know, as a, I ended up in after graduating school, ended up in California, and, and as insurance guy. So I was an insurance agent, and I developed a kind of particular set of skills, uh, selling skills into corporates. And I answered an ad to to go to Asia, mm -hmm. and so I ended up going to Asia for a two-year contract in 2001, uh, live in Hong Kong and, and travel around and help build, build business and build distribution out there. And, uh, you know, went for two years and, you know, came back 20 years later. Um, <laughs> as, yeah, which, which happens, I guess, to a lot of people. Um, but along, you know, along the way, I, I had some incredibly great corporate jobs. And I, I would say one of the interesting things about the work I did, partially the insurance industry and, and the life insurance, and then agency, hmm. working with agents and Asia culture. Hmm. It's very, the culture inside the company can be very strong. Yeah. Very strong and very uniting and very Kool-Aid drinking. So, you know, the ability to be not, I don't want to say it's brainwashed, you know, because it's mm. self, it's self-induced in a way, right? Yeah. You know, to really get behind the message and what you're doing, that you're doing good, you're working for a good company and you've got a good cause. Uh, all that is absolutely intoxicating and can really mask some of the challenges that we're going through as a corporate executive. Okay. And, you know, and the, like we, we talked a little bit earlier, right, about the stress and the things that we go through as corporate execs uh, working, working for the corporations. And, you know, but I, I had an absolutely great run, yeah. uh, ended up living in five countries, 20 years over there, but I got to a spot around 50 something. Okay. And as I mentioned, I had a job that, that dialed down my, my work quite a bit. Hmm. And that allowed some of the other parts of my human, you know, who I am as Ken, sure. to kind of percolate back up. And, you know, ideas, I had thoughts of writing a book. Um, you know, I had always this desire to play a guitar, 
you know, and I tried that a couple of times, always failed, always gave up, always, you know, gave away the guitar or lost the guitar or whatever. So I had these, you know, things that I wanted to do for myself. Mm. And so I, I did those. I started doing those. I started carving away some of that corporate time uh, for myself. Mm. And, but I did have that space. I think an important part is that space was created for me. I didn't do it myself. Yeah. And so this is a trick, right? About, you know, being, you're in corporate life. How, if you're going to follow a story like mine or, or like yours, yours was also forced, right? Your space was created by the, by COVID. Mine was sure. created by a job change. And in that moment, I did find, you know, a desire to do something else. Hmm. Right? I, I, and I got to that place when I was about 60, 50, 59. And I knew, you know, I can stay in Asia and make really good money. And, mm -hmm. but I'm going to, it's going to take five years. Yeah. I got it. Cause that's a new contract, a new company, a new mission, mm -hmm. you know, a new CEO and some other company somewhere who had a five-year plan and I was going <laughs> to join the team and we're going to execute that five-year plan. And we're going to, you know, crush the competition. And, and then they leave three years later and then you start a whole new five-year plan with the yeah. fired after 18 months. Cause he did everything wrong. And now they're going to, a new guy's coming in or a girl's coming in. They're going to yeah. change and they're going to five-year plan. Yes. A new five-year plan with yeah. totally different direction. So after I've only done that about 25 times um, <laughs> with different CEOs. Yeah. So this, this kind of idea of doing something intentional for myself, mm. but, but also knowing these are things I want to do, be able to do when I'm older. Mm. What is, what does it look like when I'm free, when I retire, when I'm, when I'm done with this corporate life, who is Ken, who is Ken Stearns going to be? And I was quickly realizing I was, Ken Stearns, the insurance guy in Asia. And my, my identity was not about me. It was about a role mm -hmm. that I played, a character I played in a play, yeah. in a movie. And, and this movie happened to have this scene and this set. And, you know, this is my salary and this is how, you know, that was my, that was who I, and that's not reality. Yeah. Well, it, it might be reality, but it's, you look back and you go, do I want this to be my reality? Right. Is this, <laughs> actually, you're right. It is a reality. And it's like, I think I realized yeah. that, but also it's how to get off the hamster wheel. Yeah. It, and this is, I think, I'm sure I think listeners are, are there's listeners out there who would love to get out of corporate, but she's man, you're making 240,000 or 120,000. Yeah. And it's a tough call. Well, and then you, you get to that point where you sit back and you go, okay, well, I'm making all this money. I'm saving a bunch of it. Yep. I don't really need all this money and, you know, but I'm making this. And if I left, I wouldn't make any money. And, you know, it, it, you, you reach that point where it's just like, okay, it, either something is going to cause it or you're going to have to do it yourself. Yeah. This is interesting, right? So you and I were lucky in a way that we were, that there was an event, right? Something yeah. that happened that forced, forced a decision. Yeah. For me, it was the worst boss I've ever had on the planet that forced me to, or I it basically finally pissed me off enough that I said, I, I would rather live in a car than, uh, than actually work for you anymore. But you know, that was, that was really, that's what started my journey down I the love, path of, of entrepreneurship for sure. I love that. Right. I'd rather live in a car because this, yeah. this is not sustainable. Yeah. My, my wife wasn't too much on the, on board with that strategy, but uh, we, yeah. we, we figured it out. That was a bit extreme, right? Living yeah. in the car. Yeah. Like, but if it gets that bad, I'm still happy. Yeah. I still will be happier than I am today. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and that's the idea. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, Jeff, I ended up, 
you know, I kind of finished, we talked a little bit about, I finished my second act was sure. really what I wanted. I wanted to close the door on Ken, the insurance guy. And I wanted to open the next door for who is, who am I going to be in this third part of my life, this third mm -hmm. act? And what do I want to do? You know, what do I want to do with myself? What can I do when I'm 80? Because, mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't, I don't think I just want to sit around in my slippers and, you know, socks and nah. go on a cruise once a year. I don't think that's, yeah. And I don't think that's your listeners if they are executives in these roles. I hope not. Yeah, I hope <laughs> we hope not. You know, and there's more to life and there's a lot to do after work and that can be productive and it, can't, it doesn't have to be work per se, but it can be a passion. And if you don't have a passion, you have something and, and you're going to find it. You'll find something that gives you more pleasure than going to the office. Could mm -hmm. be bird watching, could be bird photographs. It could be anything like this, it could be fishing, but there's a way to turn that into not just a passion, but an income. Mm -hmm. You know, I was not a writer mm. and I was not a songwriter, mm. but I've, I've now made songs. I'm a lyricist. Yeah. I can now call myself a lyricist. I sat down and wrote a book. It sucked. Mm. <laughs> I can tell you, that, like, yep. I, I'm not sure I really enjoyed it. Yeah. At the, at the end, I didn't enjoy it. The finishing part is not funny. Uh, you you know you you've been you've written so you know the style. It's fun in the beginning and it's fun doing a lot oh, of it, yeah. but there's a lot of parts in it that I just would there's skip. A, I, it's funny. I wrote six books in probably a period of four years. Wow! And oh. I took a couple years off, and then the the Freedom Day book has taken a lot longer than I <laughs> thought it would. You know, it, well, it, one of two things. I mean, one, I forgot how hard it is to actually write a book that. I'm not able to take information and kind of twist it around because yes. it, it is a totally coming, new concept it's coming from your head. Yeah. So yeah. I got to get it out of my head. And the problem is then I kept developing new parts of the story as yes. I was going. And I'm like, yep. well, crap, I can't, I, I, I keep out running the story. Uh, but I mean, you know, I, I can say it's the most rewarding experience. And I would say you're probably the same route. Yeah. So I mean, yeah really rewarding to to finish it and to to look at it and realize you did it and it's yep. your thoughts your thoughts on a book uh your thoughts on paper you know but i think for the executives you don't have look you don't have to write a book you don't have yeah. to you know play guitar there's something out there that you've got a passion for that you like that you've got a, an inclination to do and how to if you need to monetize it mm -hmm. how do you, how does that look you know what do you do and start a pot you know start talking to people do a yep. podcast you can do that at night, once a week. It takes no time. Uh, talk about what your what your passion is, and start meeting other people who are in that passion. Um, get inspired. Um, you know, my third act is about a lot of parallel, intentional things. Mm -hmm. And what happened out of that was, I just knew that you know, and I think like all exec, anybody listening knows, we plant seeds and and things grow. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some stuff we want to nurture more and some stuff we decide, okay, based on what it looks like, it's not, it's not my thing. So, you know, I had these intentional pieces and, but I never had the idea to make a podcast out of it. Mm -hmm. I, I never thought I'd be a podcaster. I mean, that was the last thing. If you, th 24 months ago, if you told me that, I would have like, la like, I, like if you had said, you're going to be sitting in Atlanta talking to Jeff, yeah. I'd be like, no, like, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, no. I'll be somewhere in Asia selling insurance and absolutely rescue <laughs> saving the world. <laughs> I'll be over there saving the planet. I'm not going to be doing some podcast. Yeah. Um, so do that thing, you know, yeah. and momentum is one of my, you know, one of my business and slash personal. I've got a, my next, one of my next books 
hmm. is really kind of around the corporate stuff. Um, and it is just getting some of that corporate junk out of my brain. But hmm. one of them is momentum. Yeah. And whether it's personal life or or corporate life, I'm a big fan of the rule of momentum. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and it's just, it's basically once you start moving something, it's actually super freaking hard to stop it. Yeah. <laughs> what well, good, good and bad. You, so you got to make sure that you're moving in the right direction for what, yes. you know, what your goal is. Cause you can, you could been sticking with momentum and stayed in Asia selling insurance for the rest that of was your my life. Momentum, and, actually, that yeah. was my momentum. Absolutely. That was my momentum. Yeah. It was this slowing down the momentum. Like, like we were talking about with me you know, I'd, I'd gotten away from the corporate world. I started my own businesses and I basically became the worst boss I'd ever had. And, you know, it wasn't until the pandemic hit and it forced me to like shift into low gear that I actually realized that there was life outside of work. And, you know, I stopped working 18, 20 hour days. I stopped working on weekends and, you know, for me, that changed everything. And, you know, it also made me go screw this. I don't want to I don't want to live that life anymore. And I, why am I pushing myself that hard? Mm. You know, and, and the interesting thing was, and this may have been the same for you, I actually had the best year of my life monetarily, the year of COVID. I love that. Amazing. No, not for, not for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I am on, that's the other okay. side, <laughs> on the other side of this too. My financial story is a little, is different than yours too. Yeah. I, I mean, I did okay in Asia. I didn't make, mm. I didn't, I didn't become super, I, I, I need to work. Eventually, I'll need to work again. I'll need to earn yeah. an income. And I think that's going to be most of your get, most of your listeners. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I've taken a bet on myself as well. So mm -hmm. I'm, I don't have, I mean, I've got a pretty high, as cute as my idea is of driving in the van to all these cities, it's got a pretty high burn rate. Yeah. So I'm a bit foolish in a way. <laughs> um, and I'm not sure how it's going to monetize. Mm -hmm. It's not clear to me. And, and, um, and sometimes that's not always a bad thing because I think too many people go into it with, oh, well, I've got to continue to make money and I've got to, you yes. know, figure this out. I mean, it's like my friend, Roger Williams, you know, I mean, Roger has the, he has the crosser offer podcast and for Roger, it was, you know, I just turned 50. I have this bucket list of things I want to do, and I'm just going to take an adult, what he calls an adult gap year, you know, and that became the most amazing experience of his life and, and all this that, you know, it. you don't have to figure, yeah. And he's still at this point trying to figure out, okay, well, how do I actually make money, you know, doing yeah, what I'm yeah. doing? Cause but, I'm loving it. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. And you're creating amazing content, which I mean, and, and let's get into that because I, I think it's, it's interesting to hear, you know, what that was for you. What, what is the podcast about in your case? Yeah. So my podcast is one of the, it's kind of a weird thing. I ended up writing this book and I'll, and I'll just mm -hmm. go through the topics real quick. Cause the topics, yeah. the topics and kind the of book, relate to what the podcast is. Yeah. Makes a, it's very closely tied. So mm -hmm. the idea, ultimately what I kind of wanted to do was I wanted to hear people's stories, mm -hmm. you know, and I spent the best part, the most enjoyable part of my job in Asia as an insurance person was hearing people's stories mm -hmm. and getting to hear like either in an agent who the business changed their life. Mm. They were poor, they were a rice farmer. And ultimately through this job, they've become rich, mm. richer than, richer than me. Yeah. More money, more money than I had as an, as an executive from, and they grew up on a rice farm mm. and these guys are millionaires Yeah. or, or a client who tells you the story about, you know, when we're giving them a check for either their, their father or mother or, you know, sister, 
you know, hearing their story about how it impacts their life. So I just was like enthralled with people and their stories. Um, and so I wanted to come up, you know, the podcast really is about letting people tell their story. Nice. And I'm not a great, I'm not an interviewer. I'm an, mm. you know, I'm an executive. I don't really, although I do a lot of, in, we do interviews and we do yeah. chats, but I'm not a professional interviewer. So I thought this is a clever way is to pre-print the questions, create these questions and put them in this jar and let people answer the questions. And so the book is, the book has got four parts to it. Mm. The book of self. Okay. Meaning just, you know, your own self, a uh, book of others. So something you, you kind of a tools you or assets you'd use with between you and somebody else. Then the third part is the book of all I was sharing that's kind of humanity. And then I've got this kind of this, this higher power, you know, the, the book of the book of whatever that is. Yeah. Um, depends on your, depends on your, your, your spirituality spectrum where you're at. And so the first part is your yesterdays, your todays and your tomorrows. So it's all these questions about how you look at your past, how you look at the present and how, what you think about the future. I call that the battlefield of your mind. And, and it's really, wow, man, you know, there's some great yeah. stuff, great conversations around what, how that plays out. And the next one is between two people, the hmm. book of others. And that's, that's acceptance, forgiveness, and compassion. Mm -hmm. I mean, like powerful words and the questions are so good to watch people express what their feel what their opinions are or experiences are and then the third book is kind of the humanity part a little bit mm. outer circle and that's love karma and service okay and from a humanity standpoint you know charity or service work karma treating people how you know you'd like to be treated and kind of golden rule stuff and love you know what a great what a great word right what a great mm. thing and then the last one is is um faith, hope, and prayer. Okay. And my, it could be prayer, it could be mindfulness or meditation, you know, or, or prayer. Mm -hmm. And so there's 444 questions around these 12 topics. Okay. And so it allows people to tell their story from a very human perspective, mm -hmm. you know, because we talk about your past and, you know, boy, man, the way the questions come up, we can learn about what it was like for this person growing up or where they're at in their life. And it's a, it's a great way to help them tell their story. I think it's a interesting way for people, for people to listen. And um, so I've, I've 444 questions, 444 guests and uh, nice. 111 cities. And um, as I mentioned, about halfway through. Nice. Uh, if anybody's in, if anybody's in Florida, Louisiana, uh, Mississippi, Texas, you know, find me at the, at the notes and, and I'm, cause I'll be there and I'd love to interview you. I'm uh, home come to or, Austin, brother. I'm here, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm coming to Austin. Okay. Good. Let's, I want to get me, you. Uh, can you be on the show? Absolutely. I'd love to. Oh, that would be so great to get you yeah. a sit down with you in the jar. I would love yeah. that. Okay. Done. That's for sure. Going to happen for sure. I've got Austin. A few, I actually have got a couple of guests already in Austin. Brilliant. Good, yeah. I've got a good friend there from fraternity days and, uh, and another guy from a meat company. All right. It looks, okay. <laughs> Some Texas meat guy. Yeah. So I, I took advantage of that. So that's what I'm doing. And and it's Beautiful. um, you know, it's a it's an absolutely amazing experience doing what I'm doing, hearing people's stories. Uh I love the fact that that I'm able to leverage what I did in corporate. Mm -hmm. You know, I think from a structural standpoint, a lot of the things uh very relatable to corporate. And I'm happy to be out. Mm. Uh, but I do confess it did take something. There was that outside influence that started the ball. It wasn't me. 
And without that, I'd still be on the hamster wheel, honestly. Sure. And I wouldn't, and I wouldn't have written a book. I would have never finished the books. Mm-hmm. I, I can honestly say I probably never would have found the energy to pull those back out. And I wouldn't have had the drive. Mm. Um, so I think that's the plea I would make to, to listeners, you know, is you may be lucky and you may get a nudge from the universe. Mm. It may happen. Yeah. But you probably aren't going to, and you're going to have to be that. It, and, and even if you get a nudge from the universe, that doesn't mean that it's going to take you off the hamster wheel. You just may jump off and get onto a different hamster wheel. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I, yeah. I like your friend though. Dave, what'd you, his name, Dave, he said, or the guy that's taking the, the adult break. Oh, oh no. So uh, yeah. Roger Williams. Roger. So yeah. So this is the other thing. So one of three, you know, either the universe is going to help you or you're going to help yeah. yourself. And a really maybe a clever way to do that is take a sabbatical. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of companies that would let you off the, the hamster wheel for 90 days or six months or one year. Yeah. Well, and that was his plan. I mean, he just took a, he took a year. He knew he was going to take a year off. Um, the biggest thing of that year was that he wanted to do the Camino de Santiago in Spain. And so he, he prepared for it. He trained for it <laughs> and then had a heart attack right before he was getting ready to leave. And, you know, of course he's like, well, he talked to his doctor and he said, you know, well, can I do this? And all that and his doctor is, well, you're just going to be walking every day. Right. That's probably the best thing for you. And, you know, but, but there was way more meaning to that. I think that's what I learned from Roger. Uh, and I learned from his book was there's got to be more meaning to it. You know, there, there is, okay, I have this goal or I have this bucket list item that I want to do, but there has to be some kind of intentionality behind that. And, that. and for Roger, it was after a year of COVID, he was somebody who was incredibly focused on people. You know, he was a, he was a counselor for kids. So he was used oh. to being around people. And all of a sudden he was in this world of, I'm, you know, basically in a, in a seven or 800 square foot apartment with my my girlfriend for you know almost a year and he he was missing that community and so for him the theme of that gap year was community and that was okay. you know he he and and you know this is maybe what you're going through in some cases you know Roger was talking about you know oh well I'm going to go on the road and I'll bring my camera and my video you know my my microphone and I'm going to interview all these people on the Camino and find out their stories and all that. And, you know, he realized he's like, I don't have the right to share those stories, you know, but he had those conversations with people as he was going and they had these just amazing conversations. They built these amazing relationships as a result of it. So, you know, it doesn't have to mean that you quit your job and do nothing for the rest of your life or, right. Right. You have to go do something. But I think for everybody, there needs to be that moment where you say, okay, I'm if I'm going to take an adult gap year, I'm going to take an adult gap year. And I'm just going to tell my boss, hey, sorry, I, I need a year off to take a sabbatical and kind of just get my life in order or whatever. Or or I've got to do this, you know, this one thing or two things. Um, you know, and that's what became that that was the last part of freedom day for me was finding out that whole bucket list of that intentionality concept. Yes. And I think I, you've, you've realized that as well, that intentionality is just critical 
to doing. It's not just checking things off of a list. It's it's doing them for a purpose. I, this intention, I, I had no yeah. idea that, that I'd say it was even a thing. Yeah. I'd, I'd almost say, I'm not even sure I knew it was a thing. No, I didn't either. I, I have to say now, yeah. And, but it's come out, it's kind of weird because actually what happened is when I've explained people, you know, some of the, somebody actually said it to me, you know, cause I was explaining what I'm doing and I like my cards, mm. you know, how I have a business card, what my business card looks like. It's kind of unique. Um, you know, my, the, the cards inside the jar, even the jar itself, when I was, when I was preparing the idea, I had a white paper. I mean, okay. I'm so, I'm so, I'm so freaking You're corporate. so corporate. You can't stop. <laughs> I, I'm so corporate. I had a white paper for me, for my, for my jar. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so in the, um, I was sharing the white paper with another corporate guy yeah. <laughs> and just kind of, you know, asking him to take a look and what advice and what questions and what am I missing? And, and it was this British guy. He's very, you know, very British. And uh, he says, well, can I, it's, I, this is a great, he loved it. Every, every, very positive, everything was positive. And he said, I see this very bespoke jar. <laughs> and I was like, bespoke? Bespoke yet? Wow. I'm like, and you know, that word struck me so hard. I knew exactly what it meant to me. Yeah. Which is there's a glass blower mm -hmm. that I met, an American glass blower that I met in Bali. Wow. And he's going to be the guy that's going to make my jars. And sure <laughs> enough, I found Ron is a, it's is another awesome. side, whole side story, but awesome. I found Ron and I was able to, we were able to make the last, he was able to make the four jars. So I commissioned nice. four jars from a glass artist. And so they're very intentional. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's, a, there's intent behind the jars. They were supposed to hold these questions and I got yeah. the right guy because Ron built every, obviously every jar is different because it's hand blown. Mm -hmm. um, but he had a very specific, the guy was beautiful because it's hard to imagine the universe starts to help you, right? Mm. When you're on the right path, things oh, yeah. just line it's, up. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> You've experienced it. Yeah. Uh, so actually I was with one day and somebody goes, well, this jar is, you know, tell me about the jar. And I'm like, well, I, yeah. you know, it's, it's jar number four. This is the one I was there to make. I helped him make jar number four. I watched him okay. and she's like, oh, you have three other. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And she's like, and I'm like, you know, I don't even know anything about the jars. So I sent him a message. <laughs> And I said, hey, did you, you know, which jar was born first? Because uh -huh. I should get them in the order. They should be yeah. marked in the, you know, because they need their own name, right? They need their own name. And he said, oh, no, they, they have a number, but they also have a name. One's an okay. olive jar. Okay. Preservation, nobility. Okay. Mason jar, celebration. Pickle okay. jar, right, for preservation. And then an olive jar, no, a candy jar. Okay. So he had every yeah. rewards. Yeah. I love so even, it. It was just like, you know, like, man, even, <laughs> even I'm not, even I'm too stupid to be intentional. The universe is, yeah. is making me be intentional. I, I totally understand. I, it's funny. Our, our paths have taken different paths, but we've come to the same conclusions and, you know, I mean, it's, it's putting it out there, you know, yes. and I think, you know, and I think one of the things you were just talking about that friend of yours, the British guy, you know, it's, it's, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to share this with people. And, you know, by sharing it with people, you know, he, he probably is not going to be the guy that's going to take off and, and do this. No, but he, he, he was part of the process of saying, Hey, you got to have some special jars made to do this. And, you know, once again, you put that out there to the universe and you make a commitment to do it. And it's, it's strange how it happens. And this, mm -hmm. 
you know, I met the, the, how strange a story is I met the glass artist in Bali okay. in, in 2003 on a family vacation, on a, on a family vacation, talking there about vacations. Go. And, um, and we chatted, I did, I bought some stuff from him over the years, but I hadn't talked mm-hmm. to him in 15, but it'd been 15 years or 12 years since I talked to him. And I tried to find him and found out he was in, happened to be because of COVID mm-hmm. lost his visa, kicked okay. out of the country. He was back in San Francisco. And I was, I, I was landing in LA and he, he built three. He couldn't yeah. even finish the last jar. The universe, it was so weird. These weird things kept happening. He couldn't like, he went to this glass blowing place. Cause he, he's a glass, but he didn't have his own shop anymore. Sure. He yeah. Didn't find a shop. So finding the shop for the th- fourth jar couldn't happen. <laughs> and finally I was, I was basically coming back about two weeks, you know, it was it December or something. And I said, Hey Ron, forget about it for two weeks. I'll be there. Let's meet mm. up in January. And yeah. let's, We'll find, find a place. place. Yeah. <laughs> we'll find a place in San Francisco. Yeah. And it'll, and you know what happened? Even though San Francisco is so close to him, literally he made two more phone calls and he's like, Hey, I found a place. Awesome. He could have he done it, but mm-hmm. it was blocked for him yeah. until that moment when I was going to be there for the fourth jar. And we got to meet. It was a great reunion. I hadn't seen him in forever. And the money I had helped him out tremendously at mm-hmm. that time. He was a bit depressed because of his situation. Yeah project lifted him up. I got lifted up. I mean, it was just, you know, amazing, you know, and you got an awesome story out of it. And I got (laughs) the most amazing story out of it. It's such a story, right? In the backstory on the backstory of a, of a backstory. Um, So what's, what's the next steps for you? You know, as we kind of fill or finish this Mm. section of the interview, what's the next steps? Yeah. So great. It's a great question. And it's something I'm, I keep forgetting to kind of, cause it's new and it's, mm-hmm. um, it's still kind of in the development side of my, of my brain. The, one of the things that's come out of this, first off, I'm going to continue the show. Mm-hmm. So I'll start, I'm taking a break. I'm right. starting back up and I'm, and I'm going to finish the project. Cool. Um, and so that'll take me, I don't know, maybe till fall, I okay. guess, by the time I get over to Portland. So I'll finish in Portland. Mm-hmm. I'm Atlanta now. So you <laughs> got another, yeah, I got another ways to go. <laughs> I got another 50 cities. So what's come up out of this, Jeff, is a, is a massive amount of mental health issues that mm-hmm. I have found. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised at the, the read, the depth is kind of how far it goes mm-hmm. across almost everybody. And I don't want to say it's mental health in a way of a negative mental health issue, but more of just, I was lucky because I was in sales. Mm-hmm. And and for me, positive mental attitude, talking, yeah. talking down negative thoughts, thinking positively, planning for the future. These are things that I've been through so many training courses, trained myself, et cetera. I'm super lucky. I've been trained in the, mo- in the, in the battlefield of the mind. Sure. Like I've got a lot of training around that, but I was shocked at how poorly people are equipped to handle life. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and, I, and, I'm, yeah. and I'm one of them. You know, there is no training on it. So anyway, the the fast forward part is I'm building a mental health foundation from the jar idea. So I've come up with the the jar foundation. Uh, It's going to be mental health kind of focused and it's going to be kind of community. What I've seen is a lot of people I've met are doing good things locally. Hmm. And they're people who also have overcome hurdles and now they want to give back and they're trying to get started. And so I've met a lot of people where I, man, if I had five grand or 10 grand, hmm. th- it would make a diff- huge difference for this person to get up yeah. and running. And the impact they would have would be tremendous. I, like, you know, it'd be so much more valuable than the small money they need. Hmm. Um, so I think the jar itself will become a revenue generator. 
I, I can mm. see podcasts uh, take time. If you have a good idea and good content yep. and you keep consistent, you will grow. It mm. just takes, you just got to be patient. And, and then I'm going to have a learning academy alongside this, uh, which will also do training. And we'll build some, you know, nice training programs to help, you know, help people understand, you know, the battlefield of the mind or just, you know, how to, how to get out of a job that's killing you so you can, mm -hmm. you know, get started and do something else. So I'm going to build the foundation. So I'm working on that. I, I filed, that. I got the LLC done. I've got to sit down and go through the IRS, whatever form to, to I have a one C three, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. yeah and there's a form, yep. there's a form IRS, oh, yeah. blah, blah, blah form. Yeah. And so <laughs> apparently I can do it. I, I talked yeah. I, on a podcast. I, I met a lawyer and the guy said, Oh, you can do it yourself. Don't pay. Oh, it's somebody. easy. Yeah. Yeah. Don't pay somebody 2,500 bucks. Yeah. It's and, easy to do. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, so I'm going to sit down in the next couple of days and start that. I love it. And uh, so I'm on, I'm on a new about six months ago, somebody asked me this question about four months ago, maybe four months ago. And I was getting asked it a lot. And I thought, you know, I, I don't, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I don't know what's going to be next. And somebody gave me like the most hopeful statement. They said, Oh, Irish. I, and I got to, I have to Google this again, but they said, Oh, the Irish, you know, the Irish mantra, the path will rise to meet you. Yeah. Uh, oh my God, that you're kidding me. That's so beautiful. That gives me such hope. Right. Cause mm. I was like, not hopeless, but I didn't, yeah, I'm like I'm okay. But I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. Yeah, okay. it's not hopeless. It's directionless. It's yeah, just it's you didn't know what the you didn't know what path you were on at the time. And yeah, yeah, not hopeless, now you know right. what the, your path is, and the 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 road will rise up to meet you at that point. Yeah, it's brilliant. And I, and I, and I feel like it's that's my path, right? That this mm. this my purpose is to follow this to the next step, which is to produce that. See if I can make a go of it. And heck, you know, if I get if I decently execute, I can create something that's here when I'm long dead. Mm -hmm. you know, and keep going and keep doing, you know, helping people out in tough situations. And it's inspiring. Yeah, that's amazing. That's fantastic. Well, we just have a few minutes left. So I wanted yeah, to ask great. you our fast five questions real quick here. Let's go. Ready? All right. First one, you wake up in the morning, business is totally gone. You have a laptop computer, 500 bucks in your pocket, place to live. What are you going to do first? get on some kind of Amazon affiliate program or something. I'm going to get online and I'm going to find a way to side hustle my way 50 bucks a day. There you go. First thing I need 50 yeah. bucks a day. Side That's hustle. Brilliant. There you go. That's it's that simple. And it wouldn't cost you anything to do that. Zero cost. Yeah. I, in fact, I just started one as a side yeah. note. I love it. It's a great side hustle. Yeah. What is the biggest business mistake you've ever made? Hmm. Oh, it's a great question. Ooh, that's a tough one. And and I could visualize it. I mean, it, it'll it's permanent in in my life, and and probably also per, also a good reason why I'm here. Yeah, <laughs> making, you know, trying to do what I thought was the right thing, mm. and going against the grain, and willing to risk it in a meeting, in a big like a big stakes meeting, a very large stakes event, mm. and looking around the, the boardroom and realizing everybody had their face down, their hands folded. And I was the one out there in the front and, you know, basically took the spirit of the heart, mm -hmm. but really advocating for what I thought was the right thing Yeah, amongst people who are not risk takers and not capable of visualizing outside the right way to go. Mm -hmm. So being, being a little too clever for my own good, being a little <laughs> too, ex and, and being a little too naive. Yeah. All at the same time. <laughs> I love that. What's a good book that you would recommend for our audience? I mean, I'm, I've been through, I've taught, I've watched, 
I don't know how many hours of training I've been mm. through every training program, not every training. I don't sound like, like, like I'm, like I'm some super trainer, but I've been through a lot of programs, seen mm. a lot, done a lot, et cetera, on the training side. I think Dale Carnegie to me still to this day, the best training program I've ever been through was mm. the physical onsite 13 week Dale Carnegie training program. Yeah. There's nothing that's come close to it. It impacted my life. Impacted yeah. well, and I mean, it, how I thought. Yeah, it was funny because how to win friends and influence people. Um, my grandfather, oh, he had a first edition copy of the book. And so after he died, I just, I was going through his library and I just kind of grabbed books that wow. were of interest to me. My grandmother's just like, take whatever. And then we're yeah, just going to donate she'll everything yeah. else. And I threw that, had an original first edition, Norman Vincent Peale, first oh, wow. edition, Dale Carnegie. But it was funny. It wasn't until... It was a December of 2021 that I actually read this. I my grandfather died in 1986, <laughs> and I had not read this, but I've, it's been in my library. It's followed me wherever I've gone. Multiple moves over that time yes, period. Right. But you always knew you needed it. I always knew that I just wanted to keep it. It was yeah. an old book and everything else. And I took that out, and that was my 2021 year of intention. That's what became my my annual year of intention and of intentionality. I spent 26 weeks going through the 26 principles inside of Dale Carnegie's Fantastic. How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yeah. And it's a genius book. I've never taken their courses, but I it, the book is genius. It's genius. Yeah. yeah. The, the coursework. I mean, the coursework, if you get, you know, it's all under the instructor, right? It yeah. depends a lot on the instructor. And then I think also, I mean, to a lesser degree, because there's enough people, your classmates. Yeah, because it's quite interactive. Yeah, it's very quite, much so. Right. It's quite the, the class is quite interactive. If That's you don't, awesome. if you if you don't have time to read the book, there is anybody listening, just Google um, Golden Rules. Yeah, I think it's Golden Rules, right? Dale mm -hmm. Carnegie Golden Rules, and then do PDF. Yeah, and you'll find the principles and the rules there, and yeah, they're, they're it's they're simple brilliant. enough to understand. And, and they're yeah, you can you don't need necessarily training on understanding the principles because they're all just basic simple they're, they're very yeah you should do that and, and we just don't that's the it's problem everything your everything your grandmother told you, you should yeah do. pretty much <laughs> it's it's like it's so freaking common sense your grandmother would have didn't even need to write it down she was like yeah exactly yeah he yeah. just stole it from his grandmother absolutely what? he stole it from his grandmother What's a good tool that you use in your business every day that uh, I always say Evernote for me because that's everything is in Evernote, but what's, okay. uh, what's a good tool that you use every day? Interesting. What tool am I using every day? I think, you know, for me, I'm using Outlook and mm. it's still, you know, still works. Yeah. It's the one, it, if it's software, a business tool, mm. um, you know, heck I'm using my microphone. I mean, my, uh, my um, phone, you know, mm -hmm as a tool yeah. now, less as a escapism, mm -hmm. you know, I've deleted a lot of accounts. I keep, unfortunately, I have to keep Facebook and, and some mm -hmm. of the social media accounts, but I've deleted people. I, I'm very careful who I follow now. Mm -hmm. yep. So I think, you know, they can, a phone can be a tool or it can be, uh, you know, something else. Mm -hmm. um, and I've, I've managed to get rid of some of that sitting on the train or sitting on the toilet, you know, kind of stuff, mm -hmm. um, people to follow and follow, people more in line with who I want to be and where I want to be. Honestly, it, uh, same thing here. Final question. What is your definition of freedom? Oh, <laughs> I love that. Definition of freedom. It's, a, it's funny. Um, 
was telling you, I, I write, so, I've started to write songs yeah. a while ago. And uh, it started when I was writing the book. It's kind of a backwards thing. But I, mm-hmm. my, my guitar teacher said we should write songs. Mm-hmm. And then eventually that forced me to get out an old set of, um, um, I'd say a manuscript, but but mm-hmm. draft notes I had, draft notes. Yeah. And from the draft notes of a of the Dear God book, I wrote my first song. Brilliant. And that became so addicting that I had to finish the book so I could write more songs. <laughs> I love it. That's fantastic. <laughs> so, okay, that's a long story to say. The last song I just, I've just finished really writing it and just putting it together is I'm a free man. Okay. It's, or it's called free man. And when I, when I quit, when I had the conversation and I was man, the trepidation calling my boss was the pressure, the stress was so enormous. And when I quit, when I called him and said, I'm out, you know, I'm out. And it was during COVID because I it had to be mm-hmm. a phone call. I couldn't see him face to face. And man, I mean, the emotion was so overwhelming, Jeff. I, the mm-hmm. power, I mean, the emotion was immense. Like I had a flood of emotion. I picked up my phone and just recorded it. Mm-hmm. I never do that. Yeah. And I, I just looked at the selfie the other day and I just looked, you know, said, Hey man, this is what I'm feeling right now. I just quit. Mm-hmm. And I'm an, I'm an idiot or I'm a genius. I don't know. Yeah. I feel this is what I'm feeling and I'm terrified. I'm absolutely terrified. I've, and, and I've told the world what I'm doing. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not just any, I've come, I'm, there is no going back. <laughs> Right. And you burn the ships at the shore at this point. I, yeah. I have burned the ships. Right. I mean, I can't leave it. And, and I'm and I've told the world that this is and I'm going to burn the ships. Yeah. And, you know, and I, and I have a move date and I've got, you know, people coming and everything is happening. So there was like freedom to me was that moment mm-hmm. of yeah. the just a, a overwhelming sense of emotion of of everything. Happiness, mm-hmm. regret, terrifying of the future, you know, the future's unknown burning the ships and not being able to, you know, probably not going to go back. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's funny you've had this great time. I just remembered, oh yeah, I just wrote a song called free man. And it's literally taken me, you know, it's taken me 14, 15 months to finalize it, to find all the words and and tell the story. And it's really more of a poem. It's not a great song. It's probably more of a poem or Mm -hmm. probably a book in itself, but it is going through that emotions of, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that, the story of, you know, committing yourself to corporate mm. and realizing at some point I've sold my soul in a way, mm-hmm. not that I was doing bad work, but yeah. I was, I, you know, but sold my soul to corporate life. Yeah. And I'd given it, up it, my, is, it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. And my own identity was, was diminished or I had a different, I had an yep. act. I was an actor in a play mm-hmm. and, you know, that cycle of being a, a kid and being able to dream whoever you want to be. Mm-hmm. Finding out at some place that you've somehow built these walls and you've sold your soul. And then that moment when you're able to break free mm-hmm. and what it feels like. And, you know, I'm a free, I'm a free man. Yeah. You know? um, and that's, that's the song. Brilliant. And it's um, so it is a great feeling. I'd encourage anybody, if you're thinking about it, find a way to start momentum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And be a bit intentional. You don't have to be mm-hmm. too intentional, but take that first step and, you know, you just start the ball rolling because you don't know where it's going to go. And back to the, the close on that idea of, I know it's weird when you're in corporate, but there is a universe out there and it, and when you get out of this, this, I don't know what, it's just like, it's almost instant when I started getting out of corporate that mm. I saw things helping me become me. Yeah. 
not fighting me to be who I wasn't. That's exactly right. That's brilliant. Well, Ken, thank you so much for being on today. It was just an a, amazing conversation. Uh, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way? Yeah. So there's, I mean, one is you can Google Ken, you know, Google me. So, mm -hmm. you know, Ken Stearns and you can Ken Stearns. And I think if you do Asia, you'll find me. I'm on mm -hmm. LinkedIn. I think I'm yeah. I'm easy to find on LinkedIn. Uh, you can also go to the jar.live. Okay. And there's a lot of great stuff there you can find. I'm sure you can find me through one of the links. So it's mm -hmm. www.thejar.live. And we've got some great links up on the upper right-hand side. You can see some goofy stuff we did. We did some uh, Netflix kind of stuff on YouTube. Nice. Uh, back in the day, we got a bunch of inspirational videos up there from guests, just all the, all the good stuff that we're doing. That is awesome. Thank you so much for being on. And folks, uh, we continue to have these wonderful interviews like this of people like Ken uh, living their freedom stories. So listen, watch, take mm. action, take, be intentional action. with everything. And um, your, your freedom day will be out there. So thanks yeah. a lot. And we will see you guys back here the very next time. Thank you very much, Jeff. Thank you, Ken. Thank you for listening to the Freedom Nation podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and all the major channels. Wherever you're listening, please subscribe to the channel and leave a rating and review. If you have friends and family that could benefit from their own Freedom Day, please share with them. Finally, join Freedom Nation by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.